Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast episode again on Hub Hopper, wherever you listen. I'm going to talk about something that many people talk about, especially in the light of being a Christian. Um, why do we swear? Many of us swear when we're angry. I found myself swearing a blue streak yesterday, and I had to repent. I had to ask Jesus to forgive me for swearing. I confessed to him that I was tired. I was just feeling really tired. I had to go to the dentist again because uh, my teeth are, uh, my tooth was hurting again. And I wasn't sure if it was a, uh, a gum problem or a tooth problem. I hope the background noise won't make you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. Um, I'm trying to imitate the sound of a fountain. But I'm poor as a church mouse. Ha ha ha, no pun intended. And I can't afford to buy a fancy fountain. So um, I'm running the kitchen sink water into a bowl, and I hope that sounds kind of pretty. Thought I'd make like a meditation atmosphere. Okay. Anyway, I want to read you guys an article from an article uh, a website called Crosswalk.com. Crosswalk.com, and um, this person writes a letter to someone named Roger. Dear Roger, what does the Bible say about swearing? Sincerely, David. Dear David, swearing is most likely as old as the human race. The Bible is filled with examples of people who swear. Today, cursing and swearing fill the air all around us. Most of us think of swearing in the context of being angry. Yeah, I was, I was hangry. Maybe I should even add another word called tangry, like tired and angry. Yeah, many of us think of swearing in the context of being angry, frustrated, hurt, abusive, violent, or blasphemous. Let's take a deeper look at what the Bible says about cursing and swearing. Swearing in the Bible. Cursing is so commonplace that it shouldn't surprise us that it seems to be built right into the emotional part of our brains. Sometimes we don't have time to think about saying a bad word, it just pops out. In fact, over 90% of the last word spoken by an airplane pilot just before the crash is shwicked. As a a pastor, I obviously had to monitor my mouth carefully. It wasn't too hard because my father taught me what he called the preacher's curse words. Boulder is a good substitute word. Why? Because boulder is the biggest D-A-M around. You know, without the end at the end. The biggest damn around. Sugar and goodness gracious work pretty well too. I've been saying gosh a lot lately. And um, I thought boulder was the the other word for uh, In his letter to the Galatians, Paul used the strongest swear word in the Greek language to denounce those who were tempting his readers to alter and or desert the true gospel of Christ. Paul wrote that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if everybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Galatians 1.8.9 The term eternally condemned is a nice, sweet translation, 
compared to a translation of the real word Paul used. Yeah, probably the D word. Yeah, correct me if you'd like, you guys. Be kind. Is swearing or cursing a sin? I'm not certain that I'd classify swearing and cursing as used in this context to be sins, although my mother certainly did. The problem here with swearing is that it is so highly offensive and vulgar sounding to so many people, this is most likely and often the sin. I learned the word bull from Mike Everett when I was when I was seven. I had no idea what it meant or that it was a bad word, but my mother did. Our extended family was over for dinner when I came into the kitchen singing bulls bleep, bulls bleeped, bulls bleeped at the top of my lungs. Notice I'm making my own bleep sounds. I was sent to bed without my supper. I watched through the window as my cousins frolicked. As far as I was concerned, the punishment certainly did not fit the crime, and I still had no idea what I'd done wrong. Now let me stop for a moment. In the Life Experiences module, I had to deprogram in my mental wellness process. I had, I had to deprogram from starving myself before bed to punish myself for real or perceived wrongdoings. So um, I really don't condone the idea of a mother sending a child to bed without supper. I can understand maybe being excused from the dinner table or excused and, and told you should not be eating dinner with us because you're not behaving yourself, but you know, at least fix up a tray for the for the kid and don't um, you know, don't wait on them hand and foot like you're their waitress or something. Maybe just, you know, give them a sandwich a sandwich later or whatever. Let them let them come to the let them come and eat by themselves when the family is uh, finished. Don't starve the child. Okay, let's go a little deeper. Okay. Much of the swearing in the Bible is connected to the idea of swearing an oath. Yeah, like swearing to tell the truth, nothing but the truth shall help you God. Yeah. To swear, to, to swear means to make a solemn declaration invoking a deity or a sacred person or thing to confirm the honesty, truth, and or the intentionality of the one swearing the oath to fulfill the declaration. An example today of swearing an oath occurs in the courtroom. Right. The real issue of oath swearing, sacredness to God. Swearing oaths was a common practice in Jesus' day. His oath swearing took a, deep, a step further in Matthews 5, 37 Yeah, by the way, I still haven't gotten that far in the, my Bible study yet. I'm still on John, but I'll get to it. Looking forward to it. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you've made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or, or black. Simply let your, let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. The sensitive and insidious issue behind swearing has to do with the sacredness of God, His name, and His power. So I guess they're talking about don't take it lightly, don't don't just throw it around when you're angry. I guess it's like, you know, don't commit murder just because you're angry. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Okay, that sounds like a very popular phrase. Has nothing to do with cursing. It's far more serious. Look with me to the second of the Ten Commandments. Thou must not take the Lord's name in vain. 
Exodus 27. The word vain means empty. Taking the Lord's name in vain has nothing to do with cursing. This commandment refers to the sin of emptying the name of God of power, declaring that God has little or no power to create, judge, be in control, or provide the strength we all need for victorious living. Yeah, I can imagine that. It's like someone uh, telling me my telling me to that Star Wars is, you know, and a lot of people like the Jedi philosophy, including me. In other words, taking the Lord's name in vain is a way of saying that he's not omnipotent. This is a sin. So it's basically like, you know, throwing it on the floor and stomping on it. Jesus told us never to demean another person through swearing or cursing. The Bible also uses the concept of swearing and how we relate to people. Like in other words, you know, you, you hear the classic uh, phrase, F you. The Bible also uses the concept of swearing how we relate to people. This is illustrated by Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus declared the consequences of swearing and cursing another person. He said, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject, subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, Raka, R-A-C-A, sorry if I pronounced it wrong, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Matthew 5, 21, 22. Raka, or is it Raka, Rasa, Rasa, means worthless. The Jews used it as a word of contempt. It was derived from a word root meaning to spit. Jesus told us not to use swearing or cursing to demean another person. Cursing another person may take many forms. It may be as innocuous as talking derogatorily behind someone's back. Boy, people, for, for the first time I know why swearing is so offensive. It can be verbal and quite hurtful. It can be as demonstrative as using vulgar, unmistakable hand gestures out a car window. Instead of cursing, Jesus encouraged us in Luke 6:27-28. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Yeah, that worked a lot when I was in the 12-step program. You know, just love them. You don't have to be near them. You can love them from a distance. Have a loving forgiving attitude that that's what I practice in mental wellness to uh, hate the problem not the person you gotta hate something hate the problem don't hate them don't cuss them out clean up your speech the Bible makes it clear Paul also gave us positive advice on how to use our words not to curse but to bless others he wrote in Ephesians 4 29 30 do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to the needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The meaning of unwholesome talk is rather obvious. One of the purposes of our talk is to build others up according to their needs. This implies that we know what their needs are. They may need comfort, guidance, encouragement, acceptance, approval, or even loving rebukes. You know, loving constructive criticism.
Can you imagine what our homes would be like if nothing but wholesome talk came out of our mouths? I wonder what it would be like on the streets. I, I think uh, the public areas would be a lot safer. You know, the places where we have to deal with people, like work and school and um, the street and the public transportation. I feel like i got to put my head down all the time to avoid people uh, looking at me. I'm, I'm so scared of hostile stares. And I'm working on that, you guys. I'm working really hard on, on that. My mentor has been coaching me on looking up instead of down. Because that can even give people the message that, that, I'm, that I'm asking them to uh, bully me. Because I'm acting submissive. Especially, you know, if you're female, but you're raised all your life to put your head down. You know, you're raised all your life to be scared. And uh, you don't even have to be female to feel that way. You know, to have that feeling or that attitude. Imagine what our homes would be like. Imagine what the world would be like if nothing but wholesome talk came out of our mouths. And imagine if we began to practice agape love, I'll add that, instead of just this romantic stuff and this hating on each other. Um, <clears throat> back to the letter. When all is said and done, the Bible makes it very clear that we should clean up our speech. I think I'll add something in mental wellness. We need to clean up our attitude and our behavior I was tired yesterday. I, I cussed more. I didn't cuss people out, but I cussed to myself. And as soon as I, I got some sleep, I, I repented. I repented before I got some sleep. I asked Jesus to forgive me. I said, I, this is not what I am right now. I'm tired. I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, and I'm tired right now. And um, this is not my true me. You know, I want to... I want to be a good follower of you now. Jesus teaches that unclean words come from a dirty heart. Yeah, I was tarnished with tiredness. I couldn't think clearly and I couldn't feel very much. Our light to the world is extinguished and no one sees Jesus in us. Matthew 15:10. Jesus also says that our unclean words lead us into depravity and sin. Yeah. I, you know, instead repent. Catch yourself and repent. Our Christian purity is flushed down the toilet. So what should we do when it comes to cursing and swearing? We read the Bible often. God's words are like ivory soap. They purify your heart and uplift your thoughts. You know, have you ever uh, used ivory soap? If, if not, you know, the best, uh, most healthful soap you can ever wash yourself with. But don't have all that junk chemicals and perfume in it. <clears throat> We filter our mouths and think and say wholesome and positive things. We follow Paul's advice and experience peace and blessing. I do feel a lot better when I don't hate. I feel a lot better when I don't cuss. Um, you substitute words. I, I say gosh a lot. I say darn it again. Like when I was seven years old, I say, I say gosh darn it or god dang it. You know, you can, you can do that. And instead of, instead of the SH word, you know, maybe, maybe Shasta or... Or shish kebab. I say shish kebab sometimes. You know, just a really strong sound word. So, um, finally, brothers, and I'll add sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Well, David, thanks for asking such a timely and relevant question. Love, Roger.
Pastor Roger Barriers asks, Roger Colin regularly appears at Preach It, Teach It Crosswalk. All right. I'm going to go now. Um, that's the life purpose module of my mental wellness process. I practice five modules. Life purpose, behavioral awareness and change, life experiences, emotions and thoughts process, and health. And um, if you want more information, look at my podcast episodes. Um, maybe go to my Hub Hopper. You might be able to click it on wherever you're listening to me. And uh, see if you can find my, um, my forum board as well and my blog. All right. Be safe, everyone. Blessings. This is Carol A. Twelve.